0: In today's episode, we're speaking to Alex Schaffan. Alex is an entrepreneur, author, speaker, and a coach who has spent three decades on the front lines of entrepreneurship and business and is helping tens of thousands of entrepreneurs with six, seven, and even eight-figure businesses to grow and scale. Uh, Let's speak to Alex and find out how he changed his life by changing his mindset. Let's find out. I'm your host, Girl Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Girl Khan, your money mindset expert. And guess what? I have a treat for you today. We're speaking to the one and only Alex Shevra. Welcome, Alex.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much. Now, everyone's heard how amazing you are, Alex, but please, in your own words, tell us what it is that you do.
1: I thought you were going to say in your own words, tell me how amazing you are. That would have been super uncomfortable. (laughs) So uh, I'm the CEO of a company and co-founder of Simple Operations. We show um, entrepreneurs how to grow and scale a business without feeling like they have to, have to do it all themselves. We take 7-figure businesses and get them to 8. And the type of individual that we work with is typically a new economy entrepreneur, an online business, usually in the education space. So info products, uh, agencies, coaching... Uh, anyone who's running a virtual or distributed team where the entrepreneur feels like the biggest bottleneck is themselves and they haven't been able to get out of that. We show them the the structure and the process to consistently be able to predictably grow their business and not feel like they're doing it all.
0: Oh, fabulous. Fabulous. Now, Alex, this is a growing industry and it, it, it's amazing, but it's coming back now. Tell us, how did you start? How did you get to being, you know, and doing all of these things that you're able to do? And how did you how did you get to this level? Talk us through your journey. Talk us through how it all started for you.
1: So... Um... You know, if, if we go back to where it all started for me, I'm 49 years old. It's a very long story. And so I'll kind of give you the highlights. You know, okay. uh, I was always a different kid, uh, entrepreneur from a very young age. I started working with my dad when I was eight. Um, I started like selling stuff to the neighbor, neighbors and um, doing things around you know our neighborhood. When I was really young, I was always trying to make money. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that comes from the trauma of having, having a family that didn't have a lot of money. So I was highly mm-hmm. focused on it. And I was not very successful in school, not very successful um, with, with social stuff. And so business was the one place where I could like feel relatively successful and do things. And so when, when you look at how I arrived to what we do now, coaching online entrepreneurs, um, you know, I have a pretty long history in business. When I was in my 20s, I ran a consultancy and we worked with some of the largest companies in the world, we had a manufacturer's rep firm. So we worked with companies, we represented companies like Fuji, TDK, um, Memorex, uh, Targus, Logitech, large organizations in the computer and consumer electronics space. And we helped them get into companies like Walmart, Radio Shack, uh, a lot of the, the larger retailers. That was where I cut my teeth. Um, when I was 30, I met my wife. We started a real estate business. The real estate business that we had grew to... We actually had three companies that, that grew to multiple millions of dollars each. We were doing extraordinarily well in South Florida. And then the economic crisis hit in 2007 and 2008, and we were completely leveled. Uh, we ended up having to declare bankruptcy. And oh, wow. the way, yeah, it was brutal. The way out of bankruptcy for us was we created an information product that became a certification and a coaching company and a software as a service on the back end called the oh. Certified Distressed Property Expert Designation. So we first went online in 2007. Um, we. Ended up training over fifty. We ended up training almost fifty thousand real estate agents. So we sold about forty nine. Yeah, it's the it was the largest designation in the history of real estate in the United States. So it was our first foray online. This is back when there was no ClickFunnels, there was no no StreamYard, there was no nothing. Like we we had a million dollar a year IT team that made funnels and made a very simple software product on the back because. And today you could just get it all as software as a service and pay a monthly fee. Um, But over the course of that designation Katie and I not only dug our way out of bankruptcy we were liquid millionaires within a year Um, we uh, hit the Inc. 500 list in our first year of eligibility we were the 21st fastest growing company in the country and then we repeated on the list two more times the awards are right above my shoulder here and uh we, trained, we sold 49,500 real estate agents. And what we're really proud of is about 47,900 graduated. So our adoption rate was over 90%. And wow. you know, we started that company with the slogan, solving the foreclosure crisis, one homeowner at a time. And in 2013, Lori Maggiano, one of the directors at the US Treasury that we worked with came out to our office and on a national broadcast to the real estate industry said that we actually had pulled forward the recovery of the foreclosure crisis somewhere between five to seven years. And um, yeah, it was a pretty intense story. Now, that 's like the pretty part of the story you know when 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 you tell your background, you can always just skip across all the highlights. you know I think of an entrepreneur's life as kind of like waves and we're we're riding the crest of the wave, and then we 're getting crushed by it, then we 're riding the crest of the wave and we're getting crushed by it and I think when most people share their backgrounds, they only share when they 're riding the wave yeah. you know in my twenties, that company that I built was we did very well um, i I was I was a millionaire in my twenties. Um, I had a multi-million dollar organization, but it almost killed me. And mm-hmm. by the time I was thirty, I had you know if I tell you the the crashing under the waves part of the story. By the time I was thirty, I was about three hundred pounds. I walk around at about two twenty now. Um, mm-hmm. I was my cortisol was out of out of control. My blood pressure was high. My cholesterol was high. I was on a ton of prescription drugs, and I had to get my get myself back together. So I actually sold that company so that I could do something else. And then when Katie and I were in real estate, we did really well. We we had a small, highly leveraged team, but we were still doing a lot of the stuff ourselves. And then when we grew this certified distressed property expert designation, we went from one employee in two thousand, early two thousand nine, to by the end of two thousand. 10, we had about 15 employees. By the end of 2012, we had over a hundred with employees and contractors. And that business was amazing. We had a ton of fun. We were actually sharing the story of the business last night with some friends of ours. But at the same time, you know, we were still doing a lot ourselves and that business was challenging and it grew so fast that it kind of felt out of control a lot of the time. And, um, you know, it was hard on our marriage. It was hard on our relationship because there was always something going on. And so that experience and the experience i had in my 20s led me to what we do today you know we now show entrepreneurs the process the structure the operating system that they can install in their business so that they can predictably grow the company without feeling like they have to do it all themselves Mm -hmm. and that's how we arrived at this you know i think the most successful entrepreneurs in the information space usually solve the problem that they had And Mm -hmm. that's exactly what we do. We show people how to grow a business in a way that you can still have a family. You can still have time to yourself. You can still take care of yourself. You don't have to do it all through your own personal efforts. And you Mm -hmm. surround yourself with a team of true believers that help you grow the company and and offer you the protection and support you need to be a visionary entrepreneur. And so that's the, the longer story of how we ended up here.
0: Okay. I mean, that's quite a story, quite a journey. And you've had many highs and many lows. Now, what I'm interested in, and I, I know people want to hear the highs, but I'm more interested in the lows. How did you overcome that? So now I want to talk, I want to take you back to Alex, who is um, in his you know, late 20s, um, coming up to 30, and he's 300 pounds, and he runs a very successful company. So from the outset. he's seen as a successful, amazing, intelligent, wow person, yet inside he's crumbling, his mind is um, just is stressed. I mean, obviously if you've got cortisol level going through the room, he's really, really highly stressed. Okay, how does that Alex make that decision? I'm gonna sell this company, my health is more important, I need to move on. How do you come to that conclusion? How do you even make that, you know, which is a solid decision in in hindsight as well, but how does Alex make it? Because Alex's identity is tied in with success in this company and the ability yeah. for threat and I'm, I'm so amazing how do you make that decision? I need to move on. I need to pivot to something else because this is killing me. You
1: You know, there was a couple of reasons that I made the decision. First, I met my current wife, Katie, when I was 30 and she was 24. And um, she was unlike anybody I'd ever met or had spent time with. And we decided to, we very, we met, we very quickly like I had a long distance relationship for a short period of time. And then she decided to move to South Florida. And I didn't want to get into this relationship and then basically be in it part-time. And the company I was running, I was traveling about 80 or 85% of the time. And so it was exhausting. It was way too much. And I had built the business in the way that most early entrepreneurs do. I built it around myself. So I had to be there every day to make the trains run on time. I had a team of about 50 people at the height of the company. And all of them were there as almost my assistants. Like if I wasn't there, nothing happened. And I didn't understand how to install process and structure and an operating system and forward planning and execution the way that we do now. And mm-hmm. so I made the decision that I just didn't, didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to take the time to try and fix it. I didn't know how to fix it. I wanted a break. I... Uh, And I went and I had this pivotal moment. I went to a doctor's appointment that it just so happens Katie went with me. We wanted to like go somewhere afterwards. She had just moved to Florida. Um, She didn't have her car yet. So she was with me at this doctor's appointment. And the doctor walked in after looking at all my labs and tests. And he said, like, this is how bluntly he said it. He said, "Um, Alex, it's great to see you. But I want you to know something. Uh, you know, I have an aging population in South Florida and I see a lot of patients. You are my number one case for a heart attack. Like you're the next one. And I believe you're going to be the next one. And you're 30, and I have older patients. And so something needs to change. And he, I was already, it was a huge wake up call. And he, you know, I was already on four prescription drugs that were having all types of side effects, and he wanted to put me on three more. And so I decided to very quickly.
0: Yeah,
1: at the, the age of 30. At the age of 30. You know, and, and I, I think if you look at a lot of younger entrepreneurs today, there's a lot of people doing this to themselves. They bought into this whole, this mythology that the only way to successfully run a company is to work all day, every day and pull all-nighters yeah. and and have yeah. to grind yourself out to be able to be successful and that. The fact is, is, yeah, it's not, it's not, that's not the truth. You know, we, we show, we show entrepreneurs all the time how to grow their business without killing themselves through getting the leverage of people around them through actually delegating. And Mm -hmm. I just didn't understand how to do that. So I sold the company. I retired for like a few weeks. I was, I had enough money. I didn't have to work for a while. I ended up wanting to work. And that's when Katie and I started the real estate business. And you know, that business was great. We'd probably be running it today if, if we didn't have the foreclosure crisis that wiped us out. And, You know that that initial decision was it was a gut check when somebody walks in and tells you you're gonna die and i already knew my numbers weren't right i knew i was having heart palpitations all the time i was getting eye twitches i I couldn't get rid of any of the weight that i had put on um I, i was sweating walking upstairs i was sweating just standing outside so i knew that there was some issues but finding that out it was like there's not just issues here this is this is next level like i need to make some changes and so i think that it was kind of a confluence of events and at the time I thought like, this is horrible. I can't believe my whole life has to change so much and I have to do all, make all these radical decisions. But now looking back, it's one of the most important things that ever happened to me.
0: Yeah. I, and I, I want, I want to touch upon that. I think this is important for people to realize at times when universe gives you something or, or you know, or the, the, or God, whatever. Yeah, I normally call it God, but you can call it universe in secular terms. When God, universe, whatever you want to call it, put something in front of you, it's not, the, you know, God is against you, or the universe wants you to punish mm. you. It's actually showing you a different direction. It's actually, look, you are not focusing on what you need to focus on. This is not working for you anymore. You have outgrown it because a lot of times we do outgrow a company by the sounds of it. Not only was the a health issue, I think you'd outgrown that company as well. You've outgrown it, and it was time for you to move. But without this wake up call for your health, I don't think you would have done that. And universe made you, I think maybe it helped you to live along to the next part of your life. Uh, and, um, and then that was the the real estate and that too, I mean, I, I too suffered from the 2008 crash. Um, I got, I, I bought in 2006, 2007 and up to beginning of 2007 and the crash, crash happened from mid to from the end of 2007 to 2008. And I got stuck in there. So I was, <laughs> I was stuck in there for quite some time, uh, but I do understand the, the, the global crisis and it can at times be like, oh my God, the world's against me, the universe is against me and everything went pot. But I want to uh, come back to the story. You did actually file bankruptcy for when that crash happened, yet uh, within a year you were a millionaire again. So tell us, talk us through that mindset. What was going through, you know, your mind um, along with? Because now you had a family, you had a wife, and um, you know, a family to look after. And even though you both, obviously, you, you and Katie are both working together in this business, you both had to have a certain kind of mindset to one file for bankruptcy and then pivot and start another business without feeling like a victor, without feeling like you know you you became a failure, without you know going into that spiraling downwards mode. You both picked yourself up and. Became, um, you know, liquid millionaires within a year or so. Talk us through that. how How did you focus on your mindset? How did you talk to each other? What did you say to each other? What made you think that yes, you can do something else and you can come out of the other end with that, You know, with this bankruptcy on the other side.
1: Um, you know, I think I'm 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 a pretty obsessive individual, and I think the world does not respect obsession anymore. You know, Thomas Edison took ten thousand tries to tra- t- tries to take a- to make a light bulb, and I think so many entrepreneurs have. Let go of being obsessive because society tells us we shouldn't be. And I'm the opposite. I got very obsessed when at the end of the foreclosure crisis, when not sorry, at the beginning of the foreclosure crisis, when Katie and I went bankrupt, it felt like a train had hit us because we were successful. We were making six figures a month. We had tens of millions of dollars in property equity. We were—we we used to tell people like, we could retire tomorrow if we want to. And we really felt like we could. We weren't over leveraged as far as what the normal market is. Clearly mm-hmm. we were over leveraged or we wouldn't have gone bankrupt, but we didn't ever owe more than 30 or 40% or sorry, we didn't, we didn't ever borrow more than 60 or 70% on our property where a lot of people were buying 95%. Okay. And still we were taken out by the whole crisis. And so- it's interesting. You say that when you look back, you know, I think one of the most important things that ever happened to us was going bankrupt because, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, years later, I met a, a good friend of mine who passed away a couple of years ago named Sean Stevenson. Um, so he's no like had a lot of things he was known for, but he's known for being tiny and having a big head and having a body that didn't look like n- normal people's did. And um, Sean used to say, everything happens for you, not to you. And the day you start thinking it's to you, that's the day that you're not going to learn the lesson. And when I was a kid, my mom had this mantra of like, everything happens for a reason, it's up to us to find the reason. And so when we went bankrupt, I think there was a number of mindset shifts that we went through. So first it was like, we're going to fix this. We're going to get out of this. You know, We made decisions that put us here. We're going to take responsibility. We're not going to blame anybody. And we're just going to figure out what we need to do next. I think that was a big one. The next one was, I got really curious. I wanted to understand what happened to me in, in bankruptcy. Like, How did I get to bankruptcy? We were doing everything right. We were following all the rules. We were conservative investors. Um, the only thing we, we did wrong was we were highly leveraged in real estate and nowhere else. We weren't diversified, but still, I wanted to understand what happened. And in doing some research, we found that I I started looking at the fact that we were going to be in a long term crisis. You said you were in the crisis from two thousand eight to two thousand nine in the United States. It lasted from two thousand eight to like two thousand thirteen, and it kept falling like a rock. And the, the market was disrupted. It was it was crushing.
0: Yeah, for us, it's just I I came out at the other end. Um, by, 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 you know, I survived. I didn't mean, mean, sell my properties. I I was heavily in negative energy, and I was going through a divorce. So I had my worst time from 2008. Oh man.
1: So you, you felt it just like we did.
0: I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundance.com. MindsetMakeover dot com. See inside the workshop
1: You know I think (laughs) I don't want to sound like a greeting card or sound like a cliche, but I think one of the most important things that happened to us was one, like I said, getting really curious and figuring out what was going on. That's how we created the product that we created. Mm -hmm. And that's how I became really well-known in the real estate industry, even though I'm not a real estate agent. That's how we were able to sell almost 50,000 real estate agents was being really curious around what was happening. But I think one of the most important things we did is, it was a few weeks into the foreclosure crisis after we had knew we were going to be declaring bankruptcy Katie made us start to to tell each other what we were grateful for, three things we were grateful for at the end of each day. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like such a cliche, but it worked, you know, even the, even on the days where she would say, okay, I'm grateful for this, this and this, what about you? And I would think like, I'm grateful that I don't want to do grateful for is like you know I don't I don't want to say this I don't even want to think like this I'm so angry I'm so frustrated you know'm so, I feel so stuck but we kept doing it and it's something that we keep up even today so at dinner our kids say three things they are grateful for we say three, three things that we're grateful for and I think the recognition of gratitude even in face facing massive resistance will help you move through things
0: oh powerful and i I, I am in total agreement with that I think Gratitude it puts you into because um, I, I mean I am an energy worker so I can go woo woo but I do believe and I certainly do believe that ga- gratitude the vibration of gratitude puts you in such such elated mood it, it raises your vibration so much that you're able to think at a higher level and also not only are you attracting better you know, opportunities and, and things and items and people around you at the same time. You're able to think at a higher level as well because you're oh, naturally your vibration is higher, so you're 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 connecting to the ethers of the universe at a higher vibration. So gratitude is key, and you can be grateful at any point. It doesn't matter if, you, if you're bankrupt or not. What happens? You can always be grateful, irrespective of where you are or you, where you think physically you don't have. Because there's always someone who's, who's worse off than you. If the I mean, even if you have all your limbs working, that's enough as it is. And I think it's funny you say that. You mentioned this story about your your friend Stephen. Um, I find Sean, people. Sean. Oh, so sorry, Sean. Um, uh, and you know, he had, um, uh, by the sounds of it, some kind of um, uh, not be, will be seen as a disability or will be seen as. Um, it was called
1: osteogenesis imperfecta.
0: Okay, so that would be seen as a major uh, you know, major disadvantage for him. Yet he chose not to be a victim, and he chose to believe that things happen for you, which is something that I say all the time, that things are always happening for you, not to you. And you need to accept that. And if you do accept that things are happening for you, then you have to work out how can you benefit, how are they benefiting you, because it has to be. And yep. something in the broad problem, you know, you say well, there's always two sides to every coin. And if there's something, you know, something bad happening, there has to be equal amount of good happening in that as well. And you just have to see the other side. But what I'm going to ask is, you know, for somebody who you, who gets knocked out again and again and again, they can say, well, Alex, how do you get knocked down so many times and get up again? How did you do that? I mean, we know this for a fact that because you did get up, you are successful and you are where you are now. But how do you, you know, how, at that time, how did you... Talk to yourself. What did you do? What was your ritual? What was your, you know, what did you do to work on your mindset? How did you come down from that? The, the, because the, there's a lot of shame attached to bankruptcy as well, especially if you've been, you know, multi-million level and seen as really successful and so, all of all of a sudden your world just crashes out of no, no, seemingly fault of your own. How do you convince your mind? Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get very good yes, it's fine to be able to take the action, but how do you even get out that initial phase? How do you even get out that initial, you know, get over the shame? This is the point. That, that's the hard part, which I, I know it's um, you may not want to talk about, but I think it's important for people to realize that everybody can fall into that trap where, you know, for, even if it's for the five minute, you feel like, why me? Okay, after everything, I did nothing wrong. Why me? You know that that why me phase that keeps coming every now and again. Did you ever fall into that? And if you did, how did you talk yourself out of it? Because obviously obviously you did and you went on ahead and made a really successful business. But yeah, how did you deal with that? Even if it's for a short amount of time, that why me phase and what the hell's going on? I did everything correctly, God. Why didn't you do this to me?
1: I certainly wouldn't have put it in this language back then, but the anecdote for shame is vulnerability. And I didn't know it back then, but now I know it through life experience. I don't know. I don't, you know, I, I think... When you're feeling a tremendous amount of shame or when I was feeling a tremendous amount of shame and I was frustrated and, you know, I went from and Katie and I, you know, we appeared, we, we at one point were buying more homes in South Florida than any organization there. And there was three home investors franchises and they were the largest organization by far. And we were buying more than all three combined and we're wow. transacting on more. We were doing tons of deals. And so in the real estate community in South Florida, we were extraordinarily well known and um we were one of the more active company we we were the most active company down there so if you were doing real estate in south florida you probably knew who we were and so to fall from there all the way to now we're bankrupt was extraordinarily difficult and there was some me and there was some anger and there was definitely a few days of blame but you know i realized i didn't we didn't really have a choice there was no safety net and there was nothing else that we were going to be able to do and When I did research on the foreclosure crisis, when I did research on what had happened to us, I realized there was this whole ecosystem that was completely unhealthy that had been developed around giving the wrong people loans. And Mm -hmm. so when we first presented the certified distressed property expert, I went out to real estate offices and I said, hey, I'm here to talk to you about what caused our bankruptcy, but also what may cause yours. And a massive issue that's coming in the real estate market. And because I was transparent from day one, we were able to share. You know, we were vulnerable and real with people from day one. Our story was very believable. Um, People who were going through this crisis and thinking like, "What is happening?" were willing to listen to somebody who was in the you know had just gone bankrupt because they knew it really mattered to us. Mm -hmm. And so, when you're in a place where you feel shame, when you're in a place where you feel like. There's judgment coming at you. The easiest thing to do is take it away by being completely and totally real and vulnerable. And, you know, I think Brene Brown said that when you're vulnerable, it makes you feel small, but to the rest of the world, you look huge. You know, in 2008, we were, I was driving around South Florida telling people we were bankrupt and selling a class person to person by, and we sold, I think, uh, I don't know, maybe a, a few hundred people in that first year. In the next year, we sold a few thousand. In the next year, we sold like 10,000. And we went from having, going, being in bankruptcy to having a business that was doing millions of dollars a year. And the reason is I was willing to be real with people, transparent, and vulnerable. And I think that's the, if you want the latter out of a place of shame, a place of regret, a place of, of lack of success tell people what's really going on be completely honest with people and you're going to find the help you need you're going to attract the opposite energetic of of what you would if you're you're lying and not not telling people what's really happening and you know I can get a little out there too and I think the energetic of a lack of transparency propels mm-hmm. the help that you need. And the energetic of vulnerability and, trans- and transparency actually creates a magnetism to exactly what you need. It's how the universe works. And so the more real you are with people, the more vulnerable you are with people, the more exactly what you need from life will show up and help you.
0: Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. I t- and I totally agree with that. I think when you accept the status quo, and and own up your you know whatever whatever's happened, whether it's your fault or not, whatever's happened, you own up to that. Life can show you uh, miracles, and I, I think things really turn around for you. I remember that, and the exact same thing happened to me. Oh, we've got around shame actually. I was talking about shame. Um, I've been divorced twice. I'm no fault, and, I, and the reason why I say this because I, I I was saying I can see similarities with what happened with your business wise, and I with me in my own marriages. And first marriage, arranged marriage, and he was a wife beater. So, you know, I called the police and that marriage ended because of physical abuse. My second one ended up um, being heavily a narcissistic husband, but again, I didn't leave him thinking it was my second wife, husband, my second marriage, whatever, whatever. Shame attached to all of that rubbish because of my culture. And then he cheated on me heavily. And I, again, I, I was forced to leave, there was no option left to me. Yet I was, I remember sitting in, in 2016, 2017, like beginning of 2017, after I'd filed for divorce and I got my divorce from a lawyer. So I filed for myself, my own divorce. I remember sitting there and I was extremely ashamed of the fact that I had two divorces, not one, two divorces. In my culture, one divorce is bad enough, right? Let alone having two. And, um, and I remember having that. And the only way I could get rid of that shame was owning it and telling people, you know what? I've been divorced twice. It was not my fault. I, there's nothing that I could have done more with that marriage, but it was the way things are and that's the way it is and accepting that fact and actually owning that. And when I owned that part of me, it's surprising how my business picked up because okay. I was very transparent and very open saying, look, I'm, and I was, remember I was, I, this is when I was, I was building my coaching practice around money and keep in mind that I had lost all my money <laughs> because of my divorces <laughs> twice, right? <laughs> so I'm like, this is what happened. Um, I, you know, and I, the financial cards has been pulled under me because the second time around or whatever else. And when I shared my shame with people, that's when my business took off. So I completely understand what you're saying because the universe just opens this whole different thing up. Because you're no longer, sh- you know, when, you, when you're ashamed of something, you want to keep it a secret. When you own it, you accept it you when you when you own it like that you let go of the shame and you open yourself up to the universe giving you miracles and that's exactly what happened in my business i completely agree with that and understand how that could have you know pushed you further and then one success leads onto the other and it allows you to become instead of making it your weakness you made it your strength i think that's that became your strength i can i can imagine i can you know visualize now when you're going from you know from one person to the other and all the estate issues you share the fact that you became bankrupt and now you know why and how you can help them to prevent that happening for them and absolutely that that vulnerability would cause them to have okay he knows what he's talking about let me listen to him because i don't want to be in the same place i love that i love that story and then um moving on to when you pivot. so what what made you pivot from there on to um you know working with entrepreneurs you know what what made you think that no i don't want to do this anymore we want to go towards helping uh, you know people scale their businesses what what led that, what led that to that, that decision
1: Well, initially it was customer demand, so we had sold somewhere around 35,000 designations in real estate by about 2012 and early in that year we started getting calls from our member agents saying hey you know taking your course has blown up my business it's now three times as big as it ever has been i don't know how to hire a team i don't know how to get help how do you do this like do you help and so we started getting we had inquiries from people who wanted us to do that and so we started teaching similar to what we teach now starting in 2011 or 12 and i taught the systems that I used to grow businesses when I was younger. And we had this, this incredible laboratory of having people show up and say, Hey, show me and teach me. And we got a ton of feedback. And so for about the past 10 years, we've been teaching what has grown into our company now, simple operations and the process and the structure that we teach agents has that we taught agents. And then it wasn't just agents. It was agents and construction companies and title companies and people that they knew, and it has matured and grown. And through the relationships I've had, we've really decided to specialize on online entrepreneurs because that's what we were, you know, our, our business was an online business. Um, We had a huge team. Some of it was virtual. So we decided to really specialize in virtual uh, companies. Our, stuff works for any company, but it really taking people from that are already at seven figures and taking them into eight, it's game-changing when you can install a system that makes things predictable, makes things um, feel like there's less noise, makes it so you don't have to do everything yourself. And so that's why we got interested in doing that. And I've I've been interested in entrepreneurs my whole life. I actually wrote the book called The Entrepreneurial Personality Type. And it's Mm -hmm. all about how people like us think and our need for momentum. And the fact that we're that small percentage of the population that gets up every morning, travels into the future, creates a new reality, then comes back to the present and we demand it becomes real. And we are so unique in that way that, you know, we're driven by this, this force called momentum and the need to change things and make things better and, and solve the problems that we see in the world. And so I was compelled to work with entrepreneurs. I I love working with people like us and I see, you know, who we are and how we are and how we think. And so our systems are set up to support the vision, visionary entrepreneurs. It's funny that earlier you had mentioned you're dyslexic. Um, so am I, but I didn't tell anybody till my mid thirties. And I used to pretend like I could read handwriting in cursive. I would just have somebody else read it. And then like, sometimes if I got a note that was in cursive, I give it to somebody and say, hey, can you read it to everybody? I'll be right back. And I'd go out in the hallway and listen and then come back and pretend like I didn't do that. And, you know, When you look at entrepreneurs, visionaries especially, were amazing at seeing the future as it should be today but we have a hard time with process and structure and organization and rules. And and some don't, some are very good at this stuff, but the vast majority, it's very difficult. And so what happens is because we're not gifted in those areas, we think of ourselves as bad managers, which which ends up making us think we're bad leaders. And what we show entrepreneurs every day is that they're extraordinary leaders. If they lead their company and they stop managing it. And if they have, if they have a process in place that makes things predictable, they don't have to fill in for that process. And so, for me you know it's it's a it's a calling to help entrepreneurs grow world-changing businesses and not have to do it all themselves and not have to give up their family, not have to give up their health, not have to give up the things that they want. You know, I think one of the ironies of being an entrepreneur is that in some way we all get into this world because we want freedom and we give up, you know, what, what would be a nine to five, but then we end up working a nine to 10. And I don't mean in the morning, I mean, morning to night and showing entrepreneurs how to grow a business through a team of true believers without having to do that is one of the most exciting things we ever do.
0: I mean, I can completely connect with that because I'm that. I'm one of those entrepreneurs, and I, I feel at times I, I have. A, we have an operations manager because I'm not organized. I'm very creative, and I can do certain things. But there are other times, something here. Do I really want to be that? Do I really want to do that? And I, I that what you're saying about feeling vulnerable and feeling like an good leader, I have had that many a times. Thinking, I'm supposed to be a leader. I should be doing this, whereas that's not my strength. Whereas yeah. I have my team other part. So we, it, it, hiring team members. Who can who can fill the gaps where you lack? Um, it is a major um is a major plus point, but I think it's difficult to get to that level, and that's why you need the support of someone who's been there who can who can visualise, can see. Okay, you're an amazing leader, you just don't have the leadership uh, skills required in this area, so you need to hire someone for this area. I think that, uh, from an objective point of view, is 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 priceless because then anybody who, who's a creative being, and especially entrepreneurs are creative beings, we are. Um it's it's having the right support system um, in place to be able to cr- get our visions from our minds into reality and making it into a 3D form, which is something we're going to come, come back and ask you for. So we're going to wrap this up now. So, Alex, um, tell everybody in, you know, as a as a parting thought, what would be the one word or one sentence that would describe your life experiences uh, up until now and uh, all the different endeavors you had? What word or a, or a phrase that, you know would describe that for you?
1: You know, the last phrase in my book is there is nothing wrong with you and you are not alone. And let me prove that out. What I mean by that is when it comes to being an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter what you think is wrong with you. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. It doesn't matter if you don't have enough money, if you have too much money, if you have not enough experience, too much experience, you're too old, you're too young, you're too fat, you're too thin, whatever it is. Whatever challenge you have, someone else just like us has had that issue, overcome it, and gone on to change the world. And so we need to look at ourselves as there is nothing wrong with us, and we are not alone. And as soon as you start building that tribe, building that mission, going out and helping people, you will never walk into a, ro- a room alone again. And you know, Sean was a pretty extraordinary example of an entrepreneur who had a seven-figure business and literally couldn't walk. My friend John Morrow, who lives here in Austin, and I get to see have the privilege of seeing everyone. A while, um, can only move his face. And he runs a multi-million dollar company with a team of over 20 people. And he yeah. does it through, through a straw and a microphone. And he is the person who's in charge. And so if there's ever been a time where you think to yourself, can I do this? Should I do this? You know, Am I good enough to do this? I want you to know something. Your mind wouldn't have created the answer unless the, the, or the question, unless the answer was already there. And it's always yes. And so for me, You know, I share that with entrepreneurs that there's nothing wrong with you and you're not alone because I think too many of us are convinced that we're the ones who are broken when the reality is, is we're the people who are different and unique and not average because anyone who ever changed the world in history wasn't like the rest of the world.
0: Love that. I absolutely love that. On that note, thank you so much, Alex. Alex, tell us, how can you connect with you? Where can we find you on the internet?
1: The best place to go is if you're a podcast listener, you can go to MomentumPodcast.com and check out, uh, I have a first-person podcast. I don't interview guests. I just solve one problem for entrepreneurs in each episode. They're about 10 to 20 minutes long. Some are shorter, some are longer. You can go to Momentum Podcast. You can also go to Apple, Spotify, and everywhere you listen to your podcasts. And then if you are an aspiring entrepreneur or if you have a seven-figure team, or, or if you have a team and you have a seven-figure business, you can go to BillionaireCode.com. My team and I have created a nine level framework that shows you exactly where you are on the entrepreneurial journey, what you will be covering next and what you already should have done to build the foundation for entrepreneurial success. It's a quick framework that'll show you exactly what you're doing. And if you're missing anything, you can go to billionairecode.com.
0: Fabulous. And so if you are listening to us on the podcast, I, or the links, both links that Alex has just mentioned will be in the show notes. And if you're watching us on the YouTube and then below in the description section once again we'll have both his links do check him out and I'm actually gonna be in, I've subscribed to his podcast just you know <laughs> just today so I'll be listening more and more of these episodes because so he's absolutely fascinating to listen to and he is exactly the way he is today on his podcast too he's amazing <laughs> and so do go ask him to go check him out but we're gonna have you back we're gonna have the pleasure of your company Alex, for another another episode of ours we're gonna call you back on our money talkie segment and then we're gonna pick your brains and ask you for some advice so that you know people People like us can also get a build a better business so but today thank you so much for being with us
1: i'm looking forward to the next time and thank you for having me
0: and thank you for listening to me and alex today on friday feature i will be back with another amazing guest sharing their story telling us how they changed their life by changing their mindset until the next time we meet this is goh khan signing off take care and bye for now if you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies then please visit my website